Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. While nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome Welcome to to Why Watch Watch That. The Why Watch That Movie Talk. Well, we have a sneak peek for you. The critic mm-hmm, got a chance to see at the New York Film Festival a movie <laughs> called Atlantics. Mm, okay. It is directed and written by Mati Diop or Diop. I'm probably saying that completely wrong, and I apologize, Mati. She also she she did, she wasn't the only one who wrote it. Um, she also wrote it with uh, Oliver Demangel, Demangel, and it is a cast that I can't say our audience you would be familiar with. To be honest with you, I do not know any of these actors. Um, so I think what's best is for us to really dig deep into this plot and to see if this is something that we're going to run out to our theaters or excuse me, run out to Netflix to see. Um, because, you know, why wouldn't you? There's a limited release on, on the 15th coming up and it'll be on Netflix on the 29th. So you can make a decision as to how you want to view it if you want to at all. But what's going on with Atlantics. Yeah, uh, so we're in Senegal. Yay! Things ain't going well, though. No. There are construction workers working and not getting paid. Mm-hmm. And you can't play around with people's money. This no. is this will eventually lead to life and death circumstances, okay? Like, they're really not getting paid. So that's where it opens. We see a clash between these workers and management. They're going, where's our money? We did our job. Okay, I can't even go home, essentially. I got to walk. Okay. Now, one of these workers is having a secret little romance. Mm-hmm. And uh, the woman he's having a romance with she is in an arranged marriage situation. Oh boy. She loves him, but um, her parents are like, uh, you are gonna marry this other guy because he has money, thank you. Okay, that's the end of it. So can she hide this romance? What's gonna happen with this marriage? Well, things get so bad for the construction workers that some of them decide to leave Senegal to go t- to get on a boat, go to another country, France. Or something like it and get some money it's that bad and they do this in the middle of the night so all of the women are like what happened to them where did they go okay so uh, ada who is the one who is having this secret affair you know he's gone what does she do she's gonna have to get married right and what's that gonna be like what happens 
as a result of this wedding and marriage for her. Because while the whole wedding is going on, word comes back that the men who left have come back. But in what form? How? It was a dangerous journey. How are they back? She's like, what? Who's back? He's back where? And you know, her friends are like, we saw him here. We saw him there. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you this. They've come back. I won't tell you how, but they've come back for revenge. Mm. The managers and the big wigs, wigs and the rich people who held back their money, it's on. It's time to pay up. But how? Uh Uh-oh. And in the end, can these two uh, lovebirds, can they actually find a future together? Can they come back together? What does that look like? Now, they're calling this supernatural. That's a hint. Uh, So there you go. Now, here's the review. Maddie is the director and the co-writer. Very trusting of the story. Very patient. Not a lot of bells and whistles. There are moments where you just see the cityscape for about 10 seconds. It's that kind of movie. And it's not a lot of stuff going on that's trying to over-dramatize this. It is what it is. So what stands out is not only the narrative, but the whole reason for what's happening here. You have the time to question, how could it be that you're employing people that you are consistently not paying? How could it be that it's so bad for them they need to get on a boat and risk their lives? How can it be that we have this young woman who is in love and has to give that all up because of monetary reasons? So this is uh, definitely dealing with those kinds of deeper themes that are happening in the real world. So you have this story, which really there isn't much to it. So that Maddie gives you an opportunity to ponder the actual consequences. Mm. So that's what I would say to you. Are you willing to ponder those consequences in this kind of movie? It's not that long. It's about an hour 45-ish. So it's not that long. But how does it feel in length? That's the question. If you are of the art house sensibility, then hey, this probably is going to work for you. A lot of the critics are loving it. Well, but they're it loving won, it because mm-hmm. it won Cannes. Um, it won the grand prize of the jury and also the London Film Festival, the first feature competition, the Sutherland Award. So that's just to yes. inform our listeners. So you have to ask yourself, how literate are you in film? The higher the literacy, the more likely you'll like this. And by literacy, I mean not what's in your normal movie theater. I mean, the little gems from different uh, film festivals, that kind of thing. How plugged in are you to that? When you see the kind of movies that come out of these film festivals that aren't major releases, you watch them and go, oh, that was interesting. I enjoyed that. That's the question for you. You're that kind of person. I think Atlantics is going to work. If you're not, I think you might be watching it going, okay, what else do you have? So for me, I'm somewhere in the middle. I'll put it that way. I appreciate the restraint. I do want to see what Maddie's going to do next. You, When you're watching it, you can see that this is someone who really thought about it. It's very considerate of the story and has something to actually shoot for. Um, I, I want a little more, 
meat on the bone. So that's for me. But again, I, I can see what the merit is. And again, I do want to see what will come next for Maddie. Great. So that opens in a limited, you know, theater, in limited theaters on the 15th. You may have to search out for that probably on the coasts more than in the middle. So if you are living in New York area um, and or the Los Angeles area, you probably can easily, easier find it easier than you would maybe if you're in Chicago or perhaps in a non-metropolitan uh, area. Um, but you guess you can catch it on Netflix on the 29th. So it'll be available for all of us to check out. All right, we got another one for you. If Atlantics wasn't enough. Um, we have Waves. Now, Waves is a movie that's coming out the 15th in theaters. Not sure if it's going to be in every theater. You might have to dig around a little bit. Maybe the art house places. Um, maybe the place that would carry, you know, more, more of the lesser known movies. But Waves is coming out. And it has an interesting cast. But before that, you got a chance to see this as sneak peek. I was supposed to see it at TIFF, but I missed my screening. Oh, oh, shame. Trey Edward Schultz not only directed it, but he also wrote it. And it stars a very familiar cast, if you're in the uh, TV realm, mainly Sterling K. Brown. Hello, hello, hello. Um, along with, now, here we go again, Kelvin Harris Jr. And Kelvin, you know I got my side eye out on you because you, <laughs> you mean, but he was in Loose, that, that yeah. it's out this year. And I just, I have to, Kelvin, you, I'm not sure if I see you for real, if, what I'm going to do. I might just And like, it's loose part two. Oh, is it? Oh, see me, Kelvin. Taylor Russell is also <laughs> starring in it. Bill Wise, what? Um, and, you know, among other people that you'll be able to see in this. It, again, Lucas Hudges is showing up in places. You're kind of like, what's going on there? Um, Renee Els, um, Elise Goldsberry, who's, you know, you know her from Hamilton. She shows up as uh, Sterling K's wife. So what are we do? What are we dealing with here? Because I tell you what, at TIFF, everybody freaked out how amazing this was. And TIFF added another screening for the mm. journalists. So what's going on here? This is a movie in two parts. Now, they don't say it that way, but that's what it is. It's really two movies pushed together. Gotcha. So in the very beginning, we have this montage of snapshots of life, really. You got the music going. The music, by the way, is by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Now, if you don't know who they are, Nine Inch Nails. Oh, 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 interesting. And they do a lot of soundtracks. So look for that name because they are great at soundtrack writing. Great at scoring, great, okay? So it's clear what we're dealing with from the beginning. You have the music and what uh, Trey does with the camera, in a cinematographer who's Drew Daniels, they have this rotating thing, rotating uh, 360 degrees uh, horizontally. So for instance, we have Calvin Harrison Jr.'s character, Tyler, in the car with his girlfriend. Alexis, played by Alexa Demi. He's driving, she's in the passenger seat there, singing along to some music. He has his left leg out of the window, by the way. 
and the camera's going around the car. So you get, when the camera passes them, you see them. When it doesn't, you see out the back of the car. You're going around 360. We mm -hmm. see other snapshots of life. What in the world are we getting ourselves into? Now, the reason for this, what I've come up with is, Tyler is a wrestler in high school. And this is gonna be his ticket into college and so on and so forth. And he takes it very seriously. So does his father, as you said, played by Sterling K. Brown, his name is Ronald. So it's almost like the camera is a wrestler of sorts or in a wrestling match. That's the kind of feel you're getting from this. And look, Ronald is up in Tyler's face. He's like, you're gonna take this seriously. You're gonna do it the way I said. Yeah, you may have won that match, but you would have won it sooner and easier if you listened. You have to be eight times as good as a black man in this world, son. What? You under my roof. Okay, That's not, the, not the this is us, Sterling. <laughs> no, this ain't this is us. Now, Ronald's wife played by Renee Elise Goldsberry, as you said, her name's Catherine. And she has this business that's going on and Ronald runs the business for her. Interesting dynamic. Now, these are people who have money, okay? They got money. They live in a nice house, all of that. And uh, Tyler has a sister. And uh, this sister, as you mentioned from before, is played by, let's find her again. Harmony Corinne, sorry, not Harmony. Where is it? Oh, there we go, Taylor Russell, okay. So, and Taylor, by the way, is in Lost in Space on Netflix. If you've seen that, that's her. So she's the sister Emily, and they're close in age. She's a, just a little younger. She's also in high school as well. So what's her interior life like? What's going on? Now, what we come to find out is Tyler has injured himself. Uh-oh. Does he want to go to the doctor? Mom is like, you need to go get that checked out. Dad is like, look, I got it. I'm watching over him. Mom looks at him as like, well, what about that knee that you didn't go to the doctor for? And then it got worse. Uh-oh. So eventually Tyler ends up at the doctor's. What news does he get? Does he listen? Does he do what he's supposed to do? And what are the repercussions of his decisions? Is his future on the line? Also, remember he has a girlfriend. What kind of relationship do they have? And something happens to them that changes the course of both of their histories. I'll put it that way. It ain't good. You know it from the beginning. You know where this is going. Yeah. That's part one, which then leads to part two. Part two is not focused on Tyler. It's now focused on his sister, Emily. But why? I'm not giving it away. So whatever's happened with Tyler, the girlfriend, all of that, bleeds into part two. It's the catalyst for that. And Emily now has to deal with things as a result. So do her parents. Everything has changed. Mm-hmm. Now, Emily, as a result of this thing, has withdrawn. She doesn't want to be around people. But there's somebody who's also a wrestler who comes up to her and, you know, just starts talking. Who's this guy? Who is this? What's up with him? What is he doing? Now, he's played by Lucas Hedges. His name is Luke. Will Luke ever get out of high school? 
(laughs) (laughs) So we see this new relationship come to be. And what is it about? They seem to have something in common and they seem to be able to help each other with some heavy stuff in life. This is as heavy as it gets. And essentially part two is about mourning. It's about grieving. But mourning what? Grieving what? I didn't tell you. Also in this grief process, what about the father and the mother? What's going on with them? And what in the world is going on with Tyler in part two and his girlfriend? Hmm. So in the end, the question is, Who's redeemed, who has catharsis, who's able to finish the grieving process, and who has a lot to answer for? Who's someone who might be stuck in just what happened, the tragedy? And then where do you get the waves? The waves are, if you think of the ripple effect, that's what's happening. Mm. There are lots of things that are rippling down. And it's not just narratively, it's also in this family's history. There's a ripple effect that's dropped on you later in the movie that you go, oh, is this an explanation for what has happened? All right, that's enough of the supposed plot. Now, part one of this movie, I've, I've hinted at it, I knew where it was going from the beginning. So it kind of took forever to get there. So, you know, this movie's a little over two hours. Halfway is part one. And I was like, can we get there already? I know what I'm watching. I know where I'm going. I know what's about to happen here. So it's that kind of teenage movie where it's kind of crazy. You know, people are doing stuff that you wouldn't want people to do. It's that kind of thing. Even there was this movie, American Honey, from 2016 that Shia LaBeouf was in. Like, it's that kind of feel. It's not the same uh, narrative, but it's that kind of feel where you know it's not going to end that well. So I was just waiting for what happened to happen. And then in part two, the movie changes. Completely different tone. The camera work kind of calms down. And we're focused on, like I said, this grieving process. There's room to breathe. It really is a beautiful story in part two. And it's tragic. It's very, very sad. So part two for me is the reason to see this, not part one. Now, you know, some people may think part two is a bit sappy, all of that. I didn't find it that way. I'll put part two to you this way. It's what OWN has been trying to do in some of its shows. Trying. They succeeded in part two. It's that kind of feel where you get it. The waves you get. You get the feeling of them. And these waves aren't crashing like they were in part one. These are the gentler waves that come after the crashing waves. So that's what's going on here. Look at you, poet. Now, (laughs) I just made that up. Okay, here we go. Now, before I get to the performances, I'm going to end there. I will have to say this. For some viewers, because there is a racial aspect to the story I didn't get into. Who's Black? Who's Latinx? Who's white? That's a part of this. Some people may be sensitive to that, and it might uh, leave something to be desired. I'll put it that way. Hmm. Now, I'll say most viewers will probably not even see this stuff. Hmm. But I'll tell you, for some Black people, you might. Uh-oh. Okay? Now, we don't get into this stuff on Why Watch That, because that's not really the point. Unless so you listen to all the cuff. that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll say it was in the back of my head, but it wasn't, I was able to keep it in the back of my head. 
I'll put it that way. And now to end on a good note with the performances. Calvin Harrison Jr. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you, he's like the new uh, Paul Dano. Stop it. Yes. <laughs> this will not disabuse you of that feeling. Oh. I mean, and what some of the stuff that he has to do in this, it's just like you're cringing going, you know he's going to do it. You're like, ah. that's this kind of performance. That's part one. And it's all, it's just a, really you're being uh, beaten over the head by it. Okay. Okay. So now, here's what I, my hope for Kelvin. He, as a, as a career, it's very smart what he's doing. He and whoever is advising him. Because they're going, you're going to play these guys who are smart, but dangerous. So that as you get older, you'll be able to segue into those roles more believably. Because you look innocent. We can tell you're smart. It's easy to pigeonhole you into like this kind of geeky sort of thing. That's not what he's doing. Okay. He's working out with uh, Sterling K. Brown. They got their shirts off. They're doing crazy stuff. He's doing all kinds of stuff online with the girlfriend and extracurricularly. So it's very clear what's going on here. What I hope is that they're able to track his career in a way where he can grow into this role as he gets older. He's good. I see the potential. I just want him to get there. I hope he does. Now, and the reason I'm saying that is there's some tough stuff he has to say. I didn't buy it all the way. Mm -mm. You got to land certain things. That's what acting is and really performing. You got to land. If you're going to curse, you got to go whoop. It's got to come down. It didn't drop. You can't be up here doing it. You know, F you, da, da, da. No, it's F you. Anyway. Oh my goodness, there it is. Lucas Hedges. It's Lucas Hedges. He does his work. He comes in, he does what he needs to do. It's sensitive stuff. We've seen him in Manchester by the Sea. It's no shock. Moving on, Taylor Russell as the sister. If you if you watch Lost in Space, you will not see this performance coming. Again, in this section, she, along with Lucas, does the sensitive work. I really, I really enjoyed the two of them together. I love the new, this new term, sensitive work. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. It's really sensitive. They're listening. They're breathing together. Like, it's, it's just a, it's a nice little thing to watch, okay? <laughs> Especially after part one. I think part one abused me so much and I knew it was coming. That's I was over it. Like. So then I got into part two. I was like, well, thanks. I can breathe now. I can enjoy yes. what I'm watching. Yeah. Now. Moving on, I'm going to two more performances. Okay. Sterling K. Brown. You said it ain't this ain't this is us. It ain't. No. Now, if you give Sterling something to do, he's going to do it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And after really what he does as this kind of black dad in part one, well, in part two, maybe there's a reckoning coming for him. And how does Sterling take that? There's uh, two scenes in part two. There's one that he has with his wife and there's one that he has with his daughter. And the one with his daughter to me, knowing men like this did not make sense. It made sense for the movie. It didn't make sense for this guy. Like if you write that guy, mm, like you're trying to have this catharsis thing. That's not quite how that would go, but it was a nice moment between father and daughter. Outside of that, 
the moment though with his wife, again played by Renee Elise Goldsberry, is tough. And this is why you hire Sterling K. Brown, because Renee was not holding back. And you gotta have somebody who can stand there and take it and not just get blown off of the screen. Renee Elise Goldsberry, I was, uh, Raph, like you said, uh, she was in Hamilton. She won a Tony for that, but she's done a lot of theater work. Oh yeah, she has. Absolutely. She was Geneva Pine in The Good Wife. Mm-hmm. This woman can act. Yes, yeah, she can. Oh, Geneva. And let me tell you, oh. yeah. I don't know how much of the script uh, was written and how much was improvised. You can tell some of it was improvised. That scene between her and Sterling where there is this comeuppance, Whoa, if you want to see how you need to yell when you need to on screen, look at that scene. It was supported when she yelled and then it would recede. This is a woman on the brink and it wasn't overdone. I, I, I was gripped by that. And then I go, okay, this is why you hire her for this moment. Now there's some secret things going on. Even the stuff I didn't hint to, there are other things that you will find if you watch Waves. So now here's my recommendation. Art house people, yes, of course. It's A24. Right. Okay, you get the standard A24 stuff. Okay. Some people are comparing it in certain parts aesthetically to moonlight. Makes a bit of sense. We are in Florida. Right. Okay. Is it the same kind of story? No. But it's A24. Okay, we got it. So, there we go. They even play around with aspect ratios. It's A24. So, art house people are going to enjoy this. Other people... This is a trickier proposition. Do I think you should go to the theater to see it? I would say, if you want a movie that you can talk about afterward, you can talk about uh, some of the things I hinted at, then yeah, this will lead to a discussion, a serious one. So if you're that kind of viewer, go with some friends, go with some people you like to talk to, go with some people, here's my suggestion, go with some people who, if you disagree with them, you still enjoy the conversation. Go with them and see it. Otherwise, you can wait to see it at home and then you'll be able to take it in, maybe in doses or maybe not, that's up to you. So overall, it's a mixed bag to me. It's really two parts. Uh, I prefer the second. Some people might prefer the first. Will you prefer both? I don't know, maybe. But look, the critics are loving it. I'm fine with it overall. There's a lot of skill going on here. I get it. I just have some reservations as I outlined. Well, just to let you know, at TIFF, it was in the um, the new voice section, meaning it wasn't mm -hmm. in the regular. This was something that they were letting everybody know. There's some avant-garde S, if you will, to it. So good thing you spelled that out for people because... You know, sometimes you go in thinking you're going to expect one thing. And like Parasite, you get a couple of things. So <laughs> the movie Parasite. So this um, is available on the 15th, but also available on the 15th is The Report. Mm. Mm. Now, if you look at the po poster, it says the, and there's some word that's crossed out. And then yeah. it says report. So we're going to get into that, especially if you look, some of you are going to look on IM and go, oh, what's, what does that say? Well, hold on. We both saw this at um, the uh, Sundance Film Festival earlier this year. And we both instantly looked at each other and said, oh yeah, this, this is, this is one of the better Sundance movies this year. 
Uh, it is... Uh, okay, let, before we get into this cast, because I was about to jump right into the cast, because the cast will just make your, your little head explode. It's written by Scott Z. Burns, but he also directed it. Yeah. What does that mean? Now the cast. We've got Adam Driver. Mm. You know who he is. Adam Driver going head-to-head with Annette Benning. Oh, what Ooh. is happening in the world? They had a couple <laughs> scenes, especially that scene when he was in her office. You know the scene. Yes. Um, and she's playing Senator Diane Feinstein. Oh, just, that's, I had to whisper that. John Hamm is in the <laughs> Corey Stoll, who seems to be in every political Washington movie ever. Like, if it has to do with politicians, he's in it. Probably because of House of Cars. House yeah. of Cards demise. Um, also, we have okay. We just have a lot of people in this, and you're gonna go through some of these. Um, oh, I, I forgot. Oh yeah, Moira uh, Moira Tierney's in this. Remember her? Oh, yeah. Michael C. Hall. Holy crap! I forgot all these people were in this. But anyway, mm-hmm. on and on. This is based on, of course, a true report. It's real, not made up, and. The critic is about to tell you what kind of report. Ooh. So, yeah, like you were just saying there, the report tells the true story of how the Senate Intelligence Committee, headed by Senator Dianne Feinstein. Don't mess So you whispered it. I'm saying it more forthrightly. (laughs) (laughs) Played by that bidding. Oh, dear goodness. Investigated what the CIA called their enhanced interrogation techniques post AKA. 9-11. AKA. And the report from the title is the report. I'll get to what you're saying in a moment. So the report from the title is the report that was spearheaded by Senate staffer Daniel Jones, played by Adam Driver. So it's a report on torture. That's what's crossed out. The torture report. report. Yeah, the torture report. Mm-hmm. And look... Did the CIA and others not want that report to see the light of day? Oh, boy. Now, this film focuses on the pivotal events behind the scenes of government from 2002 to 2014. And the anchor of this film is Dan, Adam Driver's character. After 9-11, Dan changed his area of focus at Harvard in order to be able to help keep his country safe. Then after graduating, he sought a job on Capitol Hill. But he was told by John Hamm's character to get some experience at the FBI or CIA first, then come back to the Capitol to begin a promising career, which he does. And after he's assigned to lead the team that will create the report, he encounters roadblock after roadblock, both intentional and unintentional. After all, his investigation of CIA documents affects not only the CIA, but also the FBI, DOJ. State yep. Department, Department yep. of Defense, yep. and both the Bush and Obama administrations as a whole. Huh. So just how will Dan, Senator Feinstein, and their allies prevail? How will they be able to get to the truth or get the truth to the public without being squashed like a bug by the CIA and by extension, the White House? Yes, the White House. If you don't know the answer, then the report will be eye-opening. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it was. Now, do you want to review or me first? 
Well, I have to say that when you have a movie like this, um, because we also saw another movie um, on the other side of 9-11 with Kira Knightley um, mm-hmm. d- dealing with on the other side of the pond. Um, we saw that movie. I can't remember what it was called, but that was also at Sundance. And mm-hmm. it was just a lot of post 9-11 either good things that we did or some of the really interesting choices we made as a country. When you're watching- And the it was uh, called Official Secrets, by the way. Official Secrets, that's right. Mm-hmm. When you're watching the report, you think it's, well, you think it's called the torture report. So are you gonna see some of those things or not? Well, yeah, yeah. You see some things. You see what they're doing. Like he'll read something and then you flash and there it is. You know, you see some things. Is it, but it's not, the pacing of it is very deliberate. It's not going full, 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 full speed ahead and oh my gosh, this Daniel um, is, he's unearthing things and he's, you know, kind of how, you know, some journalists, movies, you know, that are just sort of, you know, they're the hero. This is literally paper by paper, interview by interview, bit by bit. So you see this building up over years and he's kind of locked in this little tiny room and filled with paper. And he kind of looks like, please forgive me, he kind of looks like a psycho. Like the paper's (laughs) all over the the room and, you know, and some of his coworkers eventually go, okay, yeah, I'm out. Like, (laughs) this is a bit much. Um, It's Adam Driver in a time. And and then on top of that, you've got Adam Driver going for broke in this. So Scott Z. Burns, we know he does those kind of movies that there's a certain pacing to it. I mean, he's directed, oh my gosh. uh, I mean, he's written um, Contagion, I think. The Laundromat that's going to come out. Uh, side effects, I mean, the informant, born on to me, I mean, on and on. So he's very much into that world. And what I will say about the writing in this is that if you're not careful, you'll think it's a lot of detail, mm. if that makes any sense. You're going to go, oh, what, what are all these details? And, but the saving grace of those details are the performances. Mm. And namely, I'm talking about Adam Driver. I am talking about Annette Benning. Mm. The two of them have to go tit for tat. And they're not enemies in this. Again, this is her staffer. But there's a lot at stake in Adam Driver's world. And there's a lot at stake in Diane's world. She can't just present anything, as you said. And so you see that dynamic whenever they're on the screen. And it's actually beautiful to watch because there really isn't any screaming. And there's not any real high dramatics. But everything that's said is of consequence remember she is a democratic one of the leading democratic uh senators so she's not just some you know up and coming trying to make a point she has earned that place and she wants to keep that place and when she presents this it's going to make an effect not just some willy-nilly stuff so every conversation they have there's something at stake and i actually appreciated that Mm-hmm. Um, when you get to the torture scenes, like I said, there are some scenes that they show what happens, and you're kind of like, as a person who is an for me, we're both Americans, 
it was sort of like, oh, whoa, <laughs> this is not easy to take. And so what Scott does is he flashes in between those times. You see orders coming from the White House and or the CIA or whoever, and you see if they are followed or not. Um, going dip in between that world. I just thought it was well done so that we're not just watching a movie full of someone just looking at paper and we're also not watching a movie full of someone being tortured. So Mm -hmm. I did like the back and forth. Overall, I say, if you want to go and to an alternative, I always like to say this, is this worth your $15? What I will say 100%, this will work at home. And the good thing about this, this is um, Amazon Amazon Prime is going to release it for everyone who has Prime on the 29th. So that's wonderful. But I say, if you want something a little different and you just want a calmer movie, meaning I you don't have to trace any superheroes, you don't have to be affronted with, you know, you know, you just don't have to, tra- you, don't, you don't have to do any of that. You just sort of want to yeah. watch people then I'd say this is is the show for you. And is it worth fifteen for me? I wouldn't mind paying fifteen dollars, but a hundred percent, it will definitely work at home. Yeah, um, and you know, I'm I'm pretty much going to echo what you're saying because the here's the thing about this film: it does its best not to oversell the story, right? Because because like you're saying, it's focused on the facts as much as possible in a narrative film. And as a result, the first half, it does a careful job of setting things up. There isn't a lot of flash. It's simply matter of fact. And while the story isn't told in a linear fashion, you are given time markers and the sequencing of events makes sense. Uh, So that's one thing. Also be forewarned, like you said, there are scenes of torture and they are necessary. Yes. They are carefully considered. But like the ref said, it will be tough to watch. So that's just underscore that. In addition, you will have to pay attention to know who each character is, but it's not too demanding. So just be alert, (laughs) okay? Plus you will be paid back during the second half of the film because in that half, all of the threats to Dan come to the fore and the stakes heighten to match that. Now, nothing here gets too heated but you can feel the pulse quicken. It approaches thriller territory, though it doesn't get there fully. No. So so I would say it's solidly and smartly done. Uh, In regard to those performances, they're right in line with what you'd expect. Everyone gets the job done and everyone is well cast. Adam Driver as Dan is always present and searching for the truth. In fact, he demands the truth when needed. It's Adam Driver. Annette Bening, as Senator Feinstein is appropriately restrained yet aware. If you know Senator Feinstein, if you've seen her in action, that's Annette Bening. It's clear. And when she needs to turn the dial up just a smidge, she does so expertly. And the rest of the cast supports those two and forms a nice ensemble around them. No one sticks out and everyone is in place. And so if you like clean and clear political semi-thrillers, then you probably can't find too many better than the report. Note what the ref said about who should go to see it and how. And I'll also add this. This movie will pair well as a counterpoint to Hulu's The Looming Tower. I was going to say that. If you're watching it at home, Yeah. yeah, maybe that's a nice pairing. All right. Well, there you go. All of these movies you can check out in the theater. Um, 
and they probably will be coming soon <laughs> towards you at home uh, just because of the nature of the way it is. But nonetheless, we'll let you make those decisions. But after you listen to this, they'll be well-informed decisions. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.